You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's show, we continue our look at this season's Texans opponents with our colleagues in the Locked On Network. Jumping ahead to week 11 and the Washington Redskins with new QB Alex Smith, Locked On Redskins Nick Eshu gives us the scoop shortly. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. Brian Patterson with the day off. Thanks for jumping on the Locked On Texans pod, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. A couple of quick items before we talk skins. The Texans place Andre Howell on the active non-football illness list. No surprise there with the cancer and dealing with that. Also, Martinez Rankin, Deontay Foreman, Placed on the active pup list, also no surprise. Jermaine Kelly, the seventh-round pick, a little bit of a surprise. Didn't know about an injury, but uh, the good news is J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney not on the pup list as training camp starts tomorrow. Hallelujah, finally. Now on the line is brand-new member of the Locked On team, Nick Eshoo. Welcome aboard, Nick, and I know you keep busy because it's 106.7, the fan up there, and you're also with NBC Sports in Washington. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, who needs sleep? I figured I'd just go ahead and add a third thing to my list. Why not? So, I mean, but when you think about it, I mean, come on, how many daily podcast networks are out there? It's a really cool opportunity. I was glad that uh, David Locke reached out to me about it and to be a part of it and get started with the Locked on Redskins podcast soon is going to be great because, I mean, I can tell you right now, there's never enough when it comes to Redskins content. There is always something going on, that's for sure. But, I mean, really, you know that, too, with the Texans and the NFL. That's just pretty much how it goes, so. You can't start Redskins discussion without unraveling this Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith switcheroo at quarterback. Were you in on this move? Were you all in? So it's funny. When the trade first happened, uh, I was actually on the air. It was, it was live. So it's that weird live reaction situation where you're like, whoa, I've got to sit here and read Twitter and read what other people are reporting and try to figure out exactly who's involved in this trade. And there was a uh, there was a, a slot corner that was involved with the trade, too. So it was Kendall Fuller. And Everybody's really angry at first because he was a guy, second-year slot corner, where we looked at it and said, this guy's got a bright future. We're giving him up, and we're giving up a draft pick, and we're getting Alex Smith, who we're kind of lukewarm on, not really sure. But as we watched things progress and you realize how the trade market went and you looked at how – or the quarterback market, I mean, and and how that – progressed and what everybody was paying and then what Kirk Cousins got paid to we knew Cousins wasn't going to be back they weren't going to pay him they weren't going to pay him that money so you had to find the next best solution and instead of it being like a Josh McCormick a veteran quarter quarterback that has uh, you know leadership skills that has playoff experience uh, that's somebody that's well respected around the league and also doesn't care about social media which is great he doesn't care about any of that he just wants to play football and as it's evolved the immediate says we're happy the only issue that I have is that two or three years down the road, what's he going to be? We're going to start to get to mid-30s, late-30s with him when he's still under contract with the extension that he signed with the Redskins. And is he still going to be a capable quarterback, or is this going to be one of those things where then he's not worth the money anymore? And then they've got to figure out who their next quarterback is, which they should be doing in a couple of years anyway. But it's it's still the best plan B that the Redskins could have had. In the end, most people wanted Cousins back because of the at least the consistency that you had. But you realize with the organization that the way it was handled, it just wasn't going to work. And with how much money it was going to cost, I don't blame them. I mean, look at the prices of quarterbacks now. It's, it's, it's just out of control what teams have to pay. Do you have any buyer beware words for the Vikings going into this contract? Uh, I'm, I'm, here's one thing I'm curious to see. 
is if Cousins starts to take more risks, okay? And that would be – we'll see very early whether he was – because there were a lot of reports from a lot of – that were coming out after Cousins left. And players were saying, you know, it seemed like at times he was trying to pad his stats a little. He was too worried about his contract. Now, granted, we know how jealousy works. When there's big money involved, players get jealous. It happens all the time in sports. It happens in life. But I want to see whether he starts taking more risks and maybe does turn the ball over more like he did early on in his career. Because that was a big knock on him. I mean, Cousins was turning the ball over at a historic rate. So I, the one thing I would want to see is if he becomes a little bit more of the turnover-prone, erratic Cousins that we saw earlier in his career. If he continues to put up the numbers that he did with the Redskins, I mean, look at the Vikings, man. That team's stacked. they got a run game. they got a, a fantastic defense. They've got weapons for Cousins to throw to. So you got all the pieces there, but there are now expectations for him that are a lot higher than were in Washington, too. The Chiefs had a lot to work with, a good infrastructure. They were the fifth-ranked offense last year. Does Alex Smith have enough to work with in Washington? Uh, not as much as the Chiefs had, but then again, I mean, look at what the Chiefs had. It was it was incredible in terms of what their roster was stacked with. I'll say this. Uh, everybody, everybody is excited about Darius Geis in Washington, who dropped to number 59 to them. Uh, the Redskins haven't had a run game in like a decade. It's been a really long time since the Redskins have had a consistent run game. Really, Clinton Portis was the last guy that was actually able to do it. So that being said, they have – pieces that could work. Jordan Reed is always hurt. Jordan Reed is arguably the best tight end in the NFL right up there with Gronk when he's healthy. But people just haven't seen that enough because he's always hurt. Josh Doxson is a guy that hasn't stayed consistent because he was hurt his rookie year and injured on and off throughout his sophomore year last year too. Big target, has the talent, hasn't shown it consistently, but did have six touchdowns last year for the Redskins. Uh, Rich just signed from Seattle. They want him to be the that can go downfield. He's not going to be Deshaun Jackson, but he may be able to do something similar to that. There are pieces here that are not as good as what Kansas City had, but I would say that there are certainly pieces in place that give Alex Smith a chance to be at least close to as successful as he was in Kansas City last year. Definitely want to get your thoughts on on Coach Gruden's reign as well, but before we do that, just want to remind our listeners, if you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends, let them know they can find us on iTunes, Spotify, most anywhere you're going to find your favorite podcast, and share the links to our show with your followers on social media so we can bring more people to the party. We also want your voice to be a part of the conversation. Email us at LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. That's LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. All right, Nick, there's a pretty good sample size on Jay Gruden. What have you learned about him? And is he a good coach? Yeah, it's funny. We still ask the same question here in D.C. on a regular basis, whether or not he's a good coach. He's a great offensive mind, right? He's a, we know he's a really good offensive coordinator. I, 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 he's one of those coaches that's brought stability. He's a player's coach, and he's put the Redskins in a position to be a consistent franchise. Now, sadly, when we talk about consistent franchises, we're talking about a team that's hovering around 500, maybe seven wins. So the expectations aren't really that high in D.C. when it comes to the Redskins because of the consistent inconsistencies we've had for so long. Gruden has brought that to the table. The question is, is how does this season go? Because now, as long as they're healthy, last year they got decimated by injuries. Some, there was a point where they didn't have enough offensive linemen to practice during the week. When you got to about week eight or nine of the season, it was it was a, a historically bad season for the injury-wise for the Redskins. If this team stays healthy, they've addressed their defensive line in a lot of areas, uh, which was one of their biggest weaknesses before Deron Payne getting him in the first round. If Jonathan Allen's healthy, Matt Ioannidis needs to be healthy again. That's two guys right there that, or three guys rather than you know two guys added to Deron Payne will be in there that are uh, big, big bodies, 
and big difference makers on the defensive line. They've addressed that. So there are the weaknesses aren't what used to be there for the Redskins. So if this team finishes, let's say, still seven and nine this year, you got to start to wonder whether Jay Gruden is the guy. They've they've given him time. They've given him a lot of chances, and including an extension. Where in the past that hasn't happened with ownership with the Redskins, where they just they get bored quickly and they find somebody new. They've given him opportunities. They've given him some continuity. So. I would say this about Gruden over my long-winded rambling answer right there is that we still don't know whether he's truly a good coach or not. We think that he's a great offensive coach, and we think that he's a good players coach. But is he a coach that's going to win you a Super Bowl? I honestly don't think so. I haven't seen the evidence of that right now. I haven't seen him elevate players past the level of where their talent is. Now, yeah, I mean, they've had some insanely bad situations when it comes to either injuries or just a complete lack of depth in certain spots, but this will be a really telling year for the Redskins and Jay Gruden as a coach. The Redskins started their draft. You mentioned the guy, Deron Payne, the first round pick. What did you think about their draft overall? Uh, it was really good. They addressed, uh, again, a lot of needs. You know, Darius guys, that's all anybody talks about here in D.C., but it's because they had such a desperate need for running back. I mean, it was, it was just atrocious that they had undrafted Rob Kelly out there as their starting running back for a good portion of last season. And we love Rob Kelly, but Rob Kelly is just not a guy that's He's not going to be your feature back. Uh, they they went in and got depth at corner or depth at, uh, at on the defensive line, and they, they went out and, and got themselves a good running back. I, I'm happy with it, honestly. And they went and got another third-round pick on top of that when they traded down to get guys, and it was a third-round pick that they lost in the Kirk or in the Alex Smith trade. So there, there have been a lot of things that they've done well in this draft. We'll see how some of these players now shape up. And, again, it all comes down to two whether these guys stay healthy. And it, I may be beating that to death because, yeah, there's injuries all the time in the NFL, but that was like the biggest storyline here last year was just the, the injuries. It was the point where it was laughable. Jay Gruden, half of his press conference consisted of just running down the injuries from practice every single day. It became a running joke around D.C. It was how long the injury report was. It was incredible. Yeah, Texans, uh, I think, may have played more players than, than anybody in NFL history last year. So you're preaching and we're choir, baby. We know where, yeah. you're, where you're at. Uh, all the national conversation with the Redskins is, is of course, with the quarterback. But um, what about the defense? Uh, it kind of it gets lost that they've ranked no, ranked no more than 20th in yards per game the last four years. What changes this year, if anything? Yeah. Uh... You know, I, I'm, I'm, here's the thing I'm worried about the Redskins. So there's two things. Like I said, they address the defensive line, so they should be better against the run. But I worry about their depth at corner. You know, when it comes to defense in their corner right now, the corner spot, you've got Josh Norman. And then you got a lot of unproven guys, which is one of the things that we've sort of talked about here, where is this something that they're going to be able to – uh, have some time for growth. Are these like Josh Norman is a guy you look, people were angry. Josh Norman didn't have any interceptions last year. Fine. People also weren't throwing at Josh Norman. Like interception numbers are overrated. If you're not getting the ball actually thrown your direction at all. Quinton Dunbar is a converted receiver. I uh, used to be a receiver. And now he's a corner pretty good, but they're expecting him to kind of almost step in and play an even bigger role, especially with, like I said, Kendall Fuller gone, who was their slot corner. Who's now in Kansas city as part of the Alex Smith trade. A lot of people really wanted to see him continue to be a part of this organization and rightfully so. And you just, you go down the list in terms of what the Redskins have uh, at cornerback, Orlando Scandrick, who they brought in from Dallas. He's in his thirties. Now Fabian Moreau, who is a similar, a lot of people expect Fabian Moreau came out of UCLA. They drafted him last year. Uh, he dropped in the draft because of injuries, similar to Kendall Fuller the year before. So the obvious question is, well, does Fabian Moreau then step into the 
uh, that Kendall Fuller did before. Hey, second year, fully healthy now, living up to the you know the first round, early second round grade that he got before he was hurt. So there are certainly questions when it comes to their cornerback spot more than anything else on this team. And they could always use more guys that could still get to the quarterback. I mean, that's been something that's been an issue year in and year out for this team. Uh, and, and we'll see if some of these things can actually be addressed. Uh, they locked up a guy like Zach Brown as a middle linebacker who's quick. They needed some speed uh, defensively. And hopefully now they've got at least some, some solidity when it comes to what's going on at linebacker for them. Yeah, I was going to ask you which position groups that you're most concerned about. It sounds like most everything is the concerns are, are on defense. Is, is Alex Smith the only hope that something might change or it might be a little bit different last year than it's been the last few years? Yeah, I mean, look, Alex Smith, like I said, brings stability to this team and everybody. Look, anytime you're the quarterback of the Redskins, whether you're Rex Grossman or you're Alex Smith, uh, there's always a spotlight on you. But we have, certainly have more... There's a little more flexibility with what you can do as Alex with Alex Smith. I mean, he doesn't have a massively strong arm, but it's not like the Redskins on a regular basis went downfield with Kirk Cousins as much as they'd want to. Jay Gruden would talk about probably more than he should have, but how he wished Cousins would take more risks uh, going down the field. And that kind of goes back to what I said before about some people thinking, well, maybe he was trying to pad his stats and not get too many interceptions. So he was put in a position where he could get a little more money. Fine. Alex Smith at least brings some stability to you there. Uh, and I, I would say that that's at least something where I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about that, at least for the initial present right now. I'd like to find out where you are on the Redskins and, and their NFC, NFC East pecking order and where they are. But first, just want to remind everybody that if you'd like to check out more shows from our Locked On Network, go to LockedOnSports.com, our Locked On Network website. We're up to 2.5 million downloads per month with podcasts for nearly every NFL and NBA team. We're adding Major League Baseball and college sports as well. It's LockedOnSports.com. That's LockedOnSports.com. All right, Nick, let's finish it off with uh, the NFC East and, and where you guys are on the surface. Looks like Super Bowl champion Eagles are head and shoulders number one with maybe everybody else scrambling for number two. Is that how you see it, or where do they fit amongst the NFC East contenders? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, the Giants are one of those organizations where you look at them and say, well, they, if there's any organization that's been able to turn their situation around quickly or, you know, do some of the things that like I felt like I think most people felt like the Giants certainly underachieved last year. I would probably say they're going to rebound from the year they had last year. Not to mention they've got a really good rookie running back that's probably going to step in and run all over the NFL and Saquon Barkley. Uh the Cowboys are kind of a mystery because if you watch the way that they played in year two, they missed Zeke for a, you know part of the season, and that's he's really their offense. I would put the Redskins possibly over Dallas, uh, probably not over the Giants. Dallas could have a fall off this year. I'm not as I'm not as high on the Cowboys as some other people, but yeah, look, the Eagles are still they're, they're the Super Bowl champions as long as Carson Wentz is healthy, and if he comes back week one and he's himself, and we know how this is, you tear your ACL. Mentally, it takes a little bit longer to rebound than just physically. Trust me, we saw that here in D.C. Of course, RG3 never was the same again. But you know, as long as you've got that team intact in Philadelphia, they're certainly the guys to, to beat in the division. Do you have a, a record prediction or anything like that? For the Redskins? Yeah. I'm going to put them at 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, I, Vegas has them, I think. It, I've seen the over-under at about 7.5 a, a lot of 
probably not every single one, but around seven to seven and a half is what I've seen. I'm going to go eight and eight with them. I think that's a that's a fair assessment of this team. They're not going to they're better than what they were last year. As long as they can stay healthy, they're about a 500 team. But the, look, the NFC is going to be just a, a meat grinder this year. So it's not going to be easy for them. As a Texan fan that would love to have a little bit more cornerback depth, are, are you surprised that Bashad Breland is still out there? So <laughs> I guess when somebody has a failed physical like that, it's going to scare a lot of teams off. He was kind of a headache at times, kind of a diva with the Redskins. So I have a feeling other teams probably heard that, too. He was never happy when Josh Norman got here. He thought he was going to be the number one corner, which, I mean, there's more than one corner on the field at the same time. I just don't really understand why you get that upset over that other than it just being ego. But, yeah, I mean, he's talented. There's no question. But I think there's some teams that are either shying away from that failed physical, even though he's supposed to be healthy now, and the fact that there was some diva issues. If they talked to anybody within the Redskins, they probably heard some stories. Well, tell people how they could uh, catch up with you and follow the Redskins because, uh, you know, we're going to be playing you guys later this year. I'm sure Texans fans are going to, you know, want to keep up with things. I uh, want to see how that game might turn out. Yeah, so I'm at Nick Ashew on Twitter. Also, NickAshew.com. And then the Locked on Redskins podcast will be starting up very soon. Is there still heat in, in, in Washington with the Redskins? Are people still excited about it? I mean, it used to be the ticket in town up there, I know. It used to be, and it's funny, it's been really quiet, but when you have a Stanley Cup champion here, people get excited about a champion that actually wins. And on top of this, and we've talked about this a lot, it's there's no drama with the Redskins, so people don't really know what to do in the offseason. They don't really talk about them because, well, there's nothing negative going on. It's been relatively quiet, and Redskins fans just aren't used to this. Well, thanks a bunch. It's good to talk to you, good to catch up. Hopefully we can, we, we can do this again uh, in a few months when the Texans play, and uh, glad to have you as part of the network as well. Absolutely. Glad to be a part of it. Thanks for having me on. Give me a few seconds to wrap it up. Don't forget, uh, my co-host, uh, Brian Patterson's got everything covered on HouseofHouston.com, a fan side affiliate. My Houston Sports Talk podcast, easy to find on iTunes and most anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Ben Ryder, Astro Ball author. Uh, great book. You got to check it out. He's going to be a guest this week. That's all we got for this Locked On Texans. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. And don't forget, it all starts tomorrow. Training camp, baby. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh,